Well, friends, uh, as many of you can testify here in this room tonight, uh, I, I was once a stranger to the grace of God, and in His time, and in His good providence, and His love, and through the gospel, he's, uh, He brought me home. And, and I, my voice has been joined with countless others to sing, uh, may your churches be full, Lord. Uh, bring, bring them all home. The, the folks that we have to share with us tonight uh, in, in the grace of God and the providence of God, that's the work that they're engaged in. Uh, I don't have to give much of an introduction to Brooks and Reva Kane. I know that many, many of you all have been praying for them for some time. Uh, for some of you, this is the, the first time that you will you hear from them, the first time you've laid eyes on them. I'll let them do some introducing about the work that they're doing. Uh, they're going to share for a little while. Uh, then we'll, we'll sing again in response and praise to God. And uh, if we have time, uh, a few of us will, will pray for them. And I think uh, Brooks is also going to have some, some question and answer time too. Is that right? That's right. Good. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Well, come, come on, brother. Uh, come up here and uh, take it away. Check, check. Can you hear me okay? Awesome. Thank you, sound guys and audio video guys for working so hard to make this happen. Uh, we brought some pictures of our friends and we just wanted to be able to show them to you, so that's why we're scrambling at the last minute to try to make sure that works. Um, but I'm Brooks and this is Reva Kane. This is our daughter Quinn. She's our oldest, who's six now. And uh, we've got Marley, who's back there, and she's four. And we got baby John, who's one and almost one and a half. Um, Strapped to my mother back there. That's right. My, my mother-in-law is taking care of him tonight for us. So thanks for doing that, Martha. <laughs> um, we just wanted to share with you guys a little bit about our ministry. We wanted to introduce you to our people. We want to share their names with you so you can continue to be praying for them. Um, before that, I was wondering if we could just look at the Bible together really quick. Um, so you guys... Um, know where I'm going probably. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Um, this passage has been important to me for a long time, but recently it's been uh, encouraging in a new way. Um, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And the reason it's been encouraging for me recently is because of verse uh, 17. So I'm going to read the passage to you, and then um, I'll make a comment on it, and then we'll show you some pictures. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And this is the verse. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, so the reason this passage is, is important and encouraging to me is that I'm a doubter. I don't know about you guys, but um, my faith is so up and down, depending on the day, um, depending on what it is that's in front of me that I feel like can give me life outside of Jesus. Um, but this passage was encouraging because these people were with Jesus for like three years. They were walking around, watching him do miracles. They heard him speak from his own mouth, right? They got to put their fingers, Thomas did, in his hands and in his side. You got to touch him. I've never seen him before. I've met him, but I've never seen him. So I doubt. Um, but in this passage, the one that Jesus gives the commission to, to go and to make disciples of all nations, isn't some perfect believing person. It's not somebody who has it all together, who has perfect theology. It's not somebody who... Whatever your image is of whatever the missionary is supposed to be, we're not that. Um, Levi came and hung out with us last summer, and we worked together. Um, and when we were spending time with him, I told him my goal was to help him realize that missionaries are just normal people with big sins and a bigger Savior. So I did a lot of disappointing him. I did a lot of helping him see that we're not special. We just... We know Jesus, and Jesus is special, and he says here to the people who are doubting, go, do this work, but he gives them two promises. The first one, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So you can go as a doubter because Jesus has all the authority. And then at the end of the passage, in case that wasn't enough, he reminds them, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So you can go as a doubter because Jesus has all authority to change people's hearts, and you can go because he'll be with you the whole time. Um, so I hope it's encouraging for you because this wasn't just given to people who go overseas for ministry. All of you guys are missionaries. All of you guys are told to go and make disciples wherever he sends you, here in the Roanoke Valley. So God's given you people that he wants you to disciple. Um, and I hope it's encouraging. You don't have to be special and you don't have to be full of faith all the time. If you just have a little bit of trust in Jesus, faith like a mustard seed, that's enough. Because he'll be with you. Um, and he has all authority. So... That's my sermon. And I'll show you some pictures. Um, you going to stand up here the whole time, Quinn? Or you want to go sit down? You want to stand? All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, just because we haven't met some of you guys before, we wanted to tell you a little bit about like kind of the big picture of what we're doing in Japan. Uh, we went to Japan seven years ago, almost, with a ministry called Mission to the World. And part of Mission to the World is... Uh, is really focused on reaching the next generation, and that team is called Next, and that's the team that we're a part of. Uh, we went to Japan to serve the church in Japan by reaching young people, because one of the biggest things in Japan is that churches are aging, and pastors are dying, and there's nobody to take their place. If you go into a lot of churches in Japan, this is not true for all of them, but many churches in Japan, all you see are people who are older. You don't see any babies, you don't see any young children, and they're just kind of hanging on. Uh, so we've got to pass the gospel on to the next generation if we want the next generation to hear. And so we came to try to help with that. Um, I don't know how helpful we are, but we're trusting that God's going to be at work. Um, so we're trying to do three things to help with that. The first one is sending. We're trying to get people to come and to minister alongside us and in other places, reaching young people for the good news of Je with the good news of Jesus. Uh, we're trying to train people. So we live close to a seminary. And there's lots of people who are going to go into pastoral ministry or plant churches or who are going to be lay leaders in the church. We want to give them a heart for reaching the next generation. 
We don't want them to go in and hang out with other people their own age and forget about these kids who, when they get into middle school, are going to leave the church because nobody cares about them. We want to help turn their hearts toward young people. Um, so that's part of what we do with training. And then sustaining is just our care for missionary kids. Uh, one of the major reasons that missionaries in our organization leave the field is because their teenagers are really struggling with who am I, where do I belong, what's my purpose. Um, and so they're like, we got to go back to America to take care of this kid and try to give them the care and the support that they need. Um, and so we're trying to change that. We, we are doing our best to love on the missionary kids in our area and to provide trips and retreats and things like that for them to be with other people like them, other people who have to stand up in front of churches and look pretty and not, not say the wrong thing, right? But who have lots of doubt and lots of questions in their hearts. Um, so we're just trying to minister the gospel to them and get them around other people who are living the same life. They're sometimes in America. They're sometimes in Japan. They don't fit in either place perfectly. And it's nice to be around other people who feel that way too because those are your people, right? They get it in ways that we can't explain with our words. Um, so those are some of the things we're doing. Uh, ministry goes in seasons for us. And this season... Um, the theme has kind of just been us rejoicing as we watch God mature uh, the people around us. So um, some people who have come to faith during their time while we've been there, um, some people who uh, are new to our community, but God's using them in different ways. Um, we've just been really excited to see them, not us as missionaries. We're not the only missionaries. Everybody in the church is called, right? So watching them be part of God's mission has been really fun and really encouraging. So we want to tell you, introduce you to some of them and tell you about some of them, if that's okay. Probably you've heard about some of them in our newsletters if you read those, um, but maybe some of these stories will be new or reminders. And if you have a pen and you want to write down people's names, we would love for you to pray for them by name. We'll try. To, I didn't write their names on the slides, but we'll try to, to tell you. If you have questions or you want me to repeat something or even to repeat something, just raise your hand and interrupt us. We're fine with that. All right. That's right. You go. Um, so, is this one? Uh, I think you check okay. it. If it's not, you can use this. Here, I know that this is on. Okay. show. Okay, so we are part of a church called All Nations Fellowship, which we joined right when we got there, which is the name of the church that y'all just combined so with, right? Yeah, that's so crazy. It's fun to see that name pop up in emails about America. So we're at All Nations Fellowship in Nagoya, um, and the guy, so this is Brooks hugging another guy. The church was kind of planted off of another MTW church plant, and over the last 10 years, we've kind of gotten to watch it grow and morph into its own little baby and move away from its parents. And so in April, we ordained our first pastor, which is a Japanese national guy. He was a student at the seminary when we first came to Nagoya seven years ago, he met his wife, who was another student. We watched them get married. We watched them have a baby. They adopted um, a little boy the same time we adopted John, and so we've kind of gotten to go through that together, and they've just been really sweet friends of ours, and so to watch him now step into the pastorate, um, it's just really exciting and fun to see him grow and mature, um, and then Brooks was ordained as the church's first elder. So at the same week, they were ordained together, and it's been just really neat to watch their partnership and friendship as they lead this church together now, because um, Brooks has a little more experience, also he's not much older than him, of, you know, leading a church and pastoral shepherding type decisions, but Yusan has 
obviously so much more experience with the culture and going, yeah, I think we need to handle it this way. And so to watch the two of them figure out together the best way to preach and the best way to care for their church, which is full of people from almost every country you can think of. Um, it's just been a really cool partnership and a fun way to watch the direction of the church and how both of them and their hearts for next generation ministry, like our children's ministry has more people in it on Sunday than the people in the congregation. And it's just neat to see the church growing in that way. I was going to say, we, we almost left this church um, because it has a lot of folks from other places, from other countries, and we love them because we are like them. Um, but we really wanted it to be a church that reaches Japanese people, and we wanted the people who are coming from the other countries to really try to reach the people that they're working around and interacting with. And sometimes it can just become like a place, oh, I need a place when I'm overseas. I need a place that feels comfortable. Um, so some people were just coming and kind of sitting and wanting to be served and... We want to serve them. We're family, right? Uh, but we also want to move them out in a mission. And it's been fun to watch Yusan because that's his vision for the church is to reach Japanese people. But God's given us all these people from different places. And if we were going to use our gifts, we we're going to use our natural abilities like English. Um, we got a lot of teachers in our congregation. Then we could use that in the service um, of the Japanese people. And so that's, it's been fun to watch him think through that and try to uh, shepherd our church in that direction. Um, so that's why we stayed, is because we wanted to support he and his wife. Uh, here's a picture of some of our other friends. Uh, on the right is Judy, J-U-R-I, and on the left is Richard, her husband. This is at their uh, wedding. Uh, Judy and Richard met when Judy was studying abroad in Canada. So this is something you need to know about Japan. A lot of people in Japan don't become Christians. A lot of people who are Christians in Japan don't become Christians in Japan. Uh, because there's so much social pressure to fit in and to stay the same and to be like everybody else. So a lot of time when people come uh, to the States or somewhere else for university or for high school, it's an opportunity for them to meet Jesus because they don't feel the same pressure to fit in. They have an opportunity to kind of explore um, what Christianity is without as much stress. And so Judy came to Canada, and the family that she lived with, that was her host family, he was a pastor, and they shared Jesus with her, and she came to know Jesus when she was in high school. Um, and she met Richard while she was there, and they started dating because she was a young Christian, but he wasn't a Christian at the time. Uh, and so Judy came back to Japan, and she had a really hard time. She was looking for a church. Um, and so she decided to come to All Nations Fellowship because we do things bilingually, and she had met Jesus in English. And that was weird to try to worship Jesus in Japanese because she had never done that before. Uh, so it was really fun for her to be part of our church and to watch her grow. Um, Richard kept coming over to try to ask for her hand in marriage. And she kept rejecting him because he didn't know Jesus and she was growing in her faith and she wanted a Christian husband. But the church in Japan is like 70% female, like 30% male. So it's really hard. A lot of women who become Christians know, hey, I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not going to get married because of this choice that I'm making. Um, so Judy just continued to pray and be faithful to the Lord. Uh, Richard decided, oh, well, I better go back home and I better start getting involved in the church. And so he found um, this church that he thought was great. The people were really nice, and he got baptized and later found out it was a Mormon church. Um, so <laughs> that was close, but... <laughs> so Richard comes back, oh, can we get married? Richard, that's not, that's not <laughs> a Christian church. That's not, they're not telling you who Jesus is. You haven't met him yet. You don't know him. 
Um, and so she just continued to lovingly minister to him. And he's like, all right, well, I got to find another church then. His brother apparently was going to an evangelical church. Um, and by God's grace, slowly over time, Richard left the Mormon church and came to faith in Jesus. Um, and it's so exciting because now Judy has a husband. And I got to be the one to officiate their wedding, which was really fun. First wedding I've ever done in Japan. Uh, his family speaks English and her family speaks Japanese. And we were only allowed to have one pastor because we were renting a wedding uh, venue. And so I had to do it in both languages. And I was really tired and the wedding was really long. And I apologized afterwards. I'm so sorry. But they, had, they wanted me to share the gospel with their families because neither one of their families are believers. And that was something that they requested. Please make the gospel clear because these people have come to know Jesus and they're growing in their faith. And they want to share the gospel with their family. Um, so that's really exciting for us. Judy and Richard are like uncles and aunts to our kids, and they're loving them really well. Um, we get to spend a lot of time with them because they're part of our missional community. Uh, let's see, I don't, are they in this picture? I don't see them in this picture. We've got another picture with them in it. But um, Judy and Richard are always coming over to our teammates' house, and we're having people in uh, every other week for a meal. And we just sit, and we eat, and we talk and we get to know each other, and we look for opportunities to share about Jesus. Uh, hospitality is kind of a weird thing in Japan. Everybody's houses are small, and you don't really like invite people in that you don't know. You try to keep a little bit of a distance between you and somebody that you don't know until you start getting really close. Um, I've only been invited to a Japanese person's house once, and I couldn't go. Reva actually got to go, um, besides people in our church. And so, um, anyway, so but it, they love to come into your home and to have a meal and to see what it's like to just be around people who love each other and who are open and who aren't, don't have an inner self and an outer self that are different, who are just kind of talking about real life stuff. So Judy invited this lady in the middle. Her name is Arika, A-R-I-K-A, um, because her daughter, Leah, L-E-A, up there between Quinn and Marley in the top, uh, was one of Judy's students at her school where she teaches. And it's an international school, so Judy teaches in English, and they wanted to be around people who spoke English. And so they came to our group so that we could speak English with them. Well, come to find out, um, they don't just want to speak English, they also want to teach our kids hip-hop. <laughs> so Leah was involved in a dance troupe, a hip-hop dance club, and uh, our daughter Marley really liked Leah, and she's a really good dancer. And so we decided, all right, we're going to put her in the hip-hop dance troupe so that we can get to know this family better and we can hang out with them. That was never part of what we imagined our missionary life looking like. <laughs> Anybody else like, oh, I'll go overseas so I can do hip-hop with a bunch of Japanese people. That just wasn't part of what we expected. Um, but it's been cool to see the doors that God's opening because there's other families there. One of the best DJs in our city, his daughter, is uh, one of the people who's in the dance group. Um, and there's a German family, and there's all these other families, the kind of people that would come to a church like ours. Um, and God is opening doors to get to know them better. Adika has been coming to our, our small group, our missional community, and she's starting to open up about issues with her husband. Um, he's not around much. and He's always going to see his mom to take care of her on the weekends, so they don't virtually have any relationship. Uh, that's a common thing in Japan. Um, she loves her kids, and she wants to be with them, and she wants to take care of them, um, but she's having a hard time because she's not getting any support. She's not getting any help. That's not something you talk about in Japan. It's not something you talk about in America unless you get to know somebody, right? It's really not something you talk about in Japan. But she's feeling welcome and she's feeling loved. And so it's fun to watch people create that kind of community where she can open up. 
Yeah, so Briggs mentioned that it's there's such a small Japanese population, so less than half a percent of the population are evangelical Christians. And so when you have a church like ours that's bilingual and in a huge city, people are spread out across the city traveling in to come on Sundays, which makes community kind of difficult when you have small young families and you have working people and everyone has these different schedules. And space is such an issue that getting together for large groups, we rent a space that we use once a week. So we started this, um, we call it our missional community. So it's a small group that gets together every other week. And we, it's our area. So Tsutomai is kind of downtown. It's all based around this one huge park, like Central Park. Um, and so we get together and it's just all these people that live in our neighborhood. And so the core group from our church are Judy and Richard and our family, and one of our teammates, Rachel, who hosts it. And we just invite people from our walks of life, from our schools, from our communities, from our neighborhoods, into it. So another young girl that's squatting down closest to the table, that's Chiho. Her mother lives next door to us in our apartment complex. Um, even though we live downtown in this huge city, our apartment is cool because it's actually pretty small, relatively. And um, people buy in our building, so we rent ours, but we're one of the few renters. And so we're actually really getting to know our neighbors because they live there and they're not going anywhere. And they're very curious about the foreign family that's renting. And so and so she, our neighbor who's in her 60s was like, will you please study English with my daughter? She wants to learn English. So we studied the Jesus Storybook Bible together. We studied cover to cover. She would read it in English. I would read it in Japanese, and we would discuss it, and we got to the very end, and she said, okay, what's next? Like, read the whole Bible. What should we read next? So we did this book called First Steps that is pretty direct, like, goes through baptism, and it does the cross chart, and we're really studying scripture, and she's read through that whole thing. And so after she finished that, she started coming to our community group, and she's hanging out with people that are in our church, but not inside the church. So she's being with Christians. She's a part of this community. She sees the difference, and she's just spending time with these people. Um, so God uses a lot of our weaknesses for his kingdom. I am a terrible cook, like really terrible. So we meet all the restaurant owners in our neighborhood and become very close with them because we eat out a lot. And so <laughs> the guy in the front in the black T-shirt, he owns the ramen shop that was across from our first apartment. We don't live there anymore. The ramen shop's actually closed down now, but we are still good friends with him. Um, after I had Quinn in the hospital, he would bring ramen over from the restaurant to our apartment so I could continue to eat while I couldn't leave the house. Um, so he's, he's not a believer yet, but he is so interested, and it's so fascinating how you start to talk to these people, and we're realizing he's hanging out with these other Christians we know in town from a different church, and God just you can see God moving in on certain people, and it's just so exciting to watch that process. Um, and then one last one, the guy behind him came as an English teacher. Um, he came, and he just really wanted community, and he came into the church, and he was constantly dissatisfied, like, people aren't pursuing me. I need community. I need friends. This is why I'm here. And honestly, it was like a drain on our church, on our resources, and on us personally as a family. And slowly over time we just watched God change his heart as he actually entered into our community and started receiving real community love and people putting boundaries up and people sharing the gospel with him and letting Jesus meet those needs instead of the people he wanted 
And all of a sudden, and I didn't even, I didn't even realize this till we were like reflecting on our time because we knew we'd be speaking at churches and like God's changed his heart. And he is now the guy that goes out and invites people in. So he's inviting his students and this is one of his friends that he made that he's gone. So this is a guy that Levi and I actually met on campus. This is Shoichiro is his name. So I'm not going to spell that for you because it's too long, but Shoichiro. (laughs) Shoichiro is, uh, yeah, he's just a really fun and interesting guy, and he wanted to speak English. And so when Levi and I went to the college campus, uh, we just asked, who's the English circle? Who are the people here who want to practice English? Can we eat lunch with them? So we went and we sat down with him. We've been praying for Levi. God, just give him one good friend that he can share the gospel with, just one friend over this summer. Um, that he can minister to in a deep way. And God gave us shoichido. So they would go out to movies, and Levi, every week, would go to his cake shop. And it's most, he's working there for a part-time job. It's mostly women that go there, and they like have tea together and eat cake. But Levi would show up every week, and he would take, <laughs> he would take somebody from our church, and usually it was another guy. So Levi and this other guy are going on a date to the cake shop with this, all these other women. Uh, it was really, <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but Levi's been praying for him. He was praying for him the whole time we were there, and he's been praying for him since. And Shoichiro is continuing to be part of our community, and one of the ways he's staying connected with our community is that guy, Matt. Matt, who wanted everybody to care for him, and who was taking everybody's energy and attention, now he's reaching out to Shoichiro. And he's, I'll find out some weeks that he and Shoichiro have been hanging out and watching a movie together, and I didn't even know it. I didn't ask Matt, please go do this. God's just changed his heart in such a way that he's pursuing this guy. Um, and so we're just really thankful to see that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of growth and that kind of change, right? So another thing that I was not expecting, but that's really been a cool God provision for me as um, counseling. I'm a counselor, and a lot of what I was going there to do is to offer counseling for missionary kids with some of their specific struggles. And since being in Japan, I've taken on several clients that are Japanese English speakers and a lot of other expats that live in Japan and have specific struggles to living in Japan and want Christian therapy. Um, And God has brought this really neat network of women together. So all, all the ladies in that picture all live in Japan. We span from literally the furthest coast south to the furthest coast north in the main island of Japan. All of them have seminary training in Christian counseling in the States and have all received licensure either in America or Japan. Um, All of them are much better at Japanese than me. Most of them are Japanese. Um, And then all of them have lived in Japan longer than me. And it's just been such a gift and a blessing to have this network of these women who deeply care for the Japanese Sometimes I feel sad that, like, the coolest part of what I get to do every day is see, like, pull back the curtain and see God working and redeeming situations that feel completely hopeless. And I get to watch God work in the most intimate ways. And then I don't get to, like, tell anybody about it or, like, share, like, HIPAA. But so, but it's been so neat because in this network, I get to share these really cool stories. And our weekly calls go from like this hopeless devastation of like, what in the world do I do in this situation to like all of us weeping and praising God together for these beautiful things that we get to see happen. Um, And then we've also, the guy in the front came out to do a really specific trauma counseling training for us. And so we've gotten to get together once a year for these week-long intensives to do more training 
together. And it's just, I mean, it's so good for my heart to be around these other people who have similar passions and callings in the country and be trained and pray together and work together. Yeah, when we came to Japan, we were told there's one Christian counselor in Japan. I don't know if that's true, but that's the only person that people knew. There's just one Christian counselor, is what they said. Um, and so it's, it's a miracle to see this many people in one picture and for Reva to have found them and them to have found her and for them to have that kind of fellowship mm-hmm. is really incredible. So we're really thankful for that. All right, so uh, these are some guys from our retreat this summer uh, in April. We went to Bali, uh, not April, August, right? August we went to Bali and we had a retreat for missionary kids from all over Asia with our organization. And these are some of the guys that I got to hang out with. Uh, The one on the left is living in Tokyo. The one with the blue shirt is living in Chiba, which is like kind of up in the same area, but probably like an hour and a half away. Um, The one with the green shirt is living in America right now, but his family are missionaries in China. And the one on the far right, his family used to live and work in Japan, but now they've moved back to the States for his dad to continue on with a different ministry. So we've got these missionary kids from different places. And what was so cool and encouraging for me was to just watch them be together and to bond in a way that they don't get to bond with other people. Um, The one in the blue shirt is going to an international school, but the one in the green shirt was going to a Japanese school. And he was feeling like, man, I love these guys. I fit in here in some ways, but I'm also having to pretend a lot in order to be able to fit in here. Uh, But when I hang out with you guys, I feel really comfortable. You're my people. Um, The guy who's living in China, he was frustrated because his family's stuck in America for a while because of things that are happening in China. And the other kid who's on the right in the blue shirt could say, yeah, I didn't want to leave Japan either, but God called my family back and we had to be in America now. And so they could uh, connect together because they understood what that experience of, I didn't choose this, but it happened to my family, and now I have to follow where they go. They understood what that was like. Um, it was interesting because the one on the right says, when I go to America, I, I live in America now, but I feel Japanese because I was born in Japan and I grew up in Japan. And then the other one, uh, the one whose family was living in China, he was adopted, but he grew up in the States. And his family went over to China. And he said, when I'm in China, I feel American, but I, I live in China. Um, but they could both understand that experience of what it's like to look one way on the outside and for people to assume things about you and then to feel a different way on the inside. Um, so it's just really fun to be able to get them together and give them good news and just let them share their stories with each other. Um, it's so encouraging for them to be with people like them. Okay, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to do one more story. I know we've been talking a lot and sharing a lot of stories. Um, One thing that is also hard with the Japanese church is, in general, is that because it's an aging population, it's really hard to have any sort of youth group or youth gathering with any age young people. Um, And so we have people come over with a vision of, I want to do youth ministry. They get to the church and there's two kids and their brother and sister, and that's it. And so then there's, there's not like a starting block for them. And so um, we really got a passion for combining all the churches, the evangelical churches in Nagoya and saying, let's all bring our two to three kids from each church. And let's all bring one to two adults from each church that care about the next generation Let's equip the adults to love these students and let's equip the students to have relationships with other Christian peers that they might not be aware even exist in their city. 
And so um, it's just been going on a semester, but it has just been amazing. Each week there's more and more churches involved. Um, because it's slow, Japanese, especially the full Japanese churches, are a little confused by this idea, and they're very protective of their congregations. And um, so they're slow, and they, they're curious. And so we have a lot of pastors that come the first week, and then they'll invite their church in the next week. Um, but it's been incredible, and we've had anywhere from 20 to up to 40 kids gather, and we eat a meal together, and then we divide up in small groups um, by age and by gender and by language. Um, and then they go deep, and they share their hearts, and they, um, they talk about, I feel lonely. Wow, I feel lonely too. I don't have any Christian friends. I don't either. And Brooks was like, well... Josiah meet Ian. Ian meet Josiah. You have a Christian friend your age. <laughs> like, it's just so neat to see them experience that and realize that they could have that in the city. Um, and so there's a lot of kids that come that are not Christians, but they're coming with their friends, and now it's a place to invite friends. And then the guy, the other guy with Brooks in this picture, the other Santa, um, he is a seminary student. He's from Tokyo and came down to Nagoya for seminary, and he's taking Brooks's class this semester on youth ministry. So he's studying it, and then actually coming alongside and partnering with Brooks to do this ministry together. And it's a similar situation where they get together at the beginning of the week and go, this is kind of how the Americans might expect it to go. This would be more comfortable for the Japanese. What's a good way to present this, or even what games are appropriate and fun for both groups to do? Um, and then they translate each other back and forth so everyone is included. Um, but it's just been really cool to see. It's not us. We don't know all these students, but the churches are getting excited and bringing students. And adults are getting excited and going, I'm scared to death of teenagers, but I'm here, and I'll make chili in the back of the room. Um, and so, which we all know, I'm bad at. So then that's great that they're doing that, and I'll go hang out with the middle schoolers. <laughs> so it's just been really neat and exciting to see the churches take ownership of this and get excited. All right, we'll stop there. Yeah. Do you guys have questions? We'd love to field them. Right, Charlie, we got time? Okay. <laughs> and it sounds like there's another family from Japan. Are you guys from Japan? Awesome. So maybe they can answer all your questions or they can yeah. correct all the things you said wrong. <laughs> Yeah, we feel like that will always be a struggle. For, oh, sorry. It's okay. We feel like that will always be a struggle for us. Um, Japanese language is really hard, and we're slow learners. Um, but that's the way that God keeps us humble. Uh, and yet he's given us just enough to be able to, to minister to people. So that's kind of where we feel like we are. Like, we've got enough. Uh, we're able to talk about heart-level stuff, but we've got a long way to go. So um, we hear that at 10 years, people start feeling really comfortable. I don't know, more comfortable. I don't know if that's true. I don't know how long you guys have been there. I have never met you. I'm Brooks. Nice to meet you. Um, but that's what we hear from people. Once you hit year 10, that's when you feel like, okay, we're really... We're really uh, immersed and we're, we're thinking in Japanese some and so. So if, if Japan is like a giant J, where 
<laughs> we're like right in the middle, like in the curve. So the, it constantly, like everything's all about it being central. It's not totally the center, but it's in between Tokyo is a couple hours north and then Kyoto, Osaka are a couple hours south. Yeah, we've got 3,000 or 3 million inside the city and then the area is about 9 million. So if you guys have ever heard of a car called Toyota, it's made there. <laughs> um, is that a joke? Yeah. And, and so that, Toyota's headquartered there. The, Boeing's got a big headquarters there. Um, there's, it's a big industry area. It's a lot of manufacturing is their thing. So uh, it brings a lot of people. But it's, it was voted Japan's most boring city. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great place to live, not a whole lot to do. Nobody comes to visit, unless they're on their way. Like, you have to pass through. Um, I guess the Yulianas came to visit. Nobody else comes to visit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, uh, at this point, you've been there seven years, and... What is your long-term plan? Great question. Yeah. What's a long-term plan? <laughs> we don't, I don't know if you can tell by us. We don't plan a lot about the future. Um, we're, our plan is to be there as long as God will have us there. So we don't have plans to move, so unless God calls us away from that. The kids are in Japanese school, and we plan to just stay. Yeah, we feel more comfortable and maybe like we have a clear vision and we have deeper connections now than we've ever had. Um, so now would be a bad time to stop unless God told us to. Um, but we don't, we don't know. We plan to be there forever unless God told us to. Depends on what time of day it is and if they're over you or under you. Okay, go ahead. You don't shake hands, so you're always going to bow to a Japanese person. And some of my friends know that, and they'll come over and they'll do like this, but Japanese people don't do that. So you just keep your hands, you keep your hands next to your, like, yeah, body. Different. What do you say? What do you say in the morning when you see somebody? No. You don't want to say it? The morning's easy because it's a state name, Ohio. <laughs> so that's, like, the really informal way, and then if you're going to make it more formal, you can say, Ohio gozaimasu. And then, like, in the afternoon, you say, konnichiwa. You guys might have heard that before. And then in the evening, you say, konbanwa. So, yeah. That's the normal way to greet people. And the businessmen, it's a really cool ritual. They, they take out their, uh, their business, mission, card. Yeah, business, business card, and they, uh, they turn it so the other person can see it. So you present it to the other person, and you bow, and you read the person's business card and try to figure out what their status is in the company. And that determines how low you bow to one another. So if that person's status is higher, then they won't bow very much. Um, but if your status is higher, then they'll bow really deep to you. And it's just a way to show honor or respect. So sometimes when I'm joking around with people, I like, get on my knees. <laughs> they like that. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think we've got to thank you very much. We've got time we got time to pray for them and then we can sing a song together Steve